Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot. Oh my. It's just another night for supernatural girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker. Unfortunately, PK cannot join us tonight, but she sends her best regards and hoping everybody is doing what they can to enjoy this very, very unusual holiday season. So hopefully PK will join us next week. And I wanted to let you know that next week, Marjorie and Carl Higdon are going to be joining us. Now, you may remember them from a couple of years ago. Carl had one of the most unusual, well-documented UFO abductions in Wyoming that we have ever heard. And just an exciting couple. They're fabulous, and I know you'll enjoy what they have to say. So be sure to join us next week for that interview. And also, it's December, and you know what that means. It means that you will be getting your property tax estimate. And I encourage everybody to get Attorney Patricia Quintilian's book, Are You Getting Screwed on Your Property Taxes? How to Find Out and How to Fix It. Because if you don't make the correction on your property record card, you will pay those taxes and you will not be able to get a refund. So it's important to follow the protocol. Patricia Quintilian was an expert at it because they were over-assessing her in her town for five years in a row. So she learned all the ropes and what she had to do to basically make sure she wasn't getting screwed on her property taxes. And with money being so tight, inflation going through the roof, this book is a must-have. So... It's on Amazon. Are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. I also want to mention two other books that you should consider for the holiday season. One by our dear friend Lon Milo Duquette, My Life with the Spirits. If you want to just laugh out loud and also learn something about spirituality at the same time, we highly recommend that one. My Life with the Spirits is terrific. And one more, Opus Mego Cabalisticum, is the English translation of a German book that was written hundreds and hundreds of years ago. We had it translated by the chair of the German department at Smith College, and it is incredible. It's all about theosophy, astrology, just all kinds of occult aspects in this book. And you can buy that on Amazon, too. It makes a great gift, very impressive book. So make sure you follow us on Facebook. We've got some great UFO stories. It just seems every time you turn around, there's another sighting, and it's major, and the photography is great. The videos are tremendous, so don't miss it. 
and follow us on Twitter as well, please. So tonight we have a terrific guest. She has been writing for many years, and she hasn't stopped. She's got a great new book out, and it is called Revelations from the Source. Barbara Hanclow is with us tonight. Now, she is an internationally acclaimed ceremonial teacher, author, and Mayan calendar researcher. Now, her books include The Pleiadian Agenda, Alchemy of Nine Dimensions, Awakening the Planetary Mind, Astrology and the Rising of Kundalini, and the Mayan Code, and of course, her latest book that I just mentioned. She has taught at sacred sites throughout the world and maintains an astrological website, handcloud2012.com. We are so blessed to have Barbara with us tonight to lead us through these challenging times. Barbara, welcome to the show. Hi, and thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. You're so knowledgeable. You have a background in so many things that we love to talk about. And as I mentioned when we were off the air waiting for the show to begin, that we've had astrologers on the show talking about these challenging times, specifically this month, and saying that we were possibly going to encounter war. Um, in December, and certainly it's going to be a very tense month. So as an astrologer, is that what you see as well? Well, I don't get that specific. I can um, describe the quality of the energies pretty well and the timing, which is the best thing about astrology is it tells you when something's going to happen, and it also tells you when it's going to go away, which is my favorite part, especially during the last year. <laughs> and a half. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. the Astrology during 2020 and 2021 is just unparalleled. Um, we haven't had anything like this for since about 1285 A.D., since about 735 oh years. And so um, looking ahead 10 years ago, in my case, um, I had at that, by, by 2010, um, I had already written um, like 15 or 20 nonfiction books, some of which you mentioned. And I decided to switch to fiction because when I looked ahead up to 2020, um, I could see that our world was going to crack. And mm. it did. And we can talk about the, the, some of the astrological aspects of that because it's fascinating. But in my case, I've been a teacher for many, many years all around the planet. And I decided to use fiction because if I could create a bunch of characters, and, and in this case, very intelligent artistic, psychic, very deep characters, um, if I could tell their story, I felt like it would really help people understand what's going on because people, uh, I, knew, I could see that people were going to be very, very confused and overwhelmed, and, which is exactly what has happened. So this book, this book is the third book in a trilogy. This is the Revelations trilogy. And the first one is Revelations from uh, the Ruby Crystal, which came out in 2015. And then the second one is Revelations of the Aquarian Age, which came out in 2018. And then Revelations from the Source just came out about a month ago. And so the timeline in this trilogy is, is basically 2011 through 2021. And at this point, having done that, it was a huge amount of work, obviously, um, I'm really glad I did it because, as it turned out, things are of such uh, a monumental, you know, they're functioning on such a monumental level that to track it 
and describe it through the eyes of a group of people. And this, by the way, takes place mostly in Italy. Um, some of it takes mm-hmm. place in the United States, but the primary novel basically takes place in Italy. So um, that's what I've done with it, and the third book has some very interesting astrology um, in it, especially the astrology during 2020, which is when mm-hmm. things right. basically cracked open. So the way astrology works is like we, we were able to see, and I was able to see, that in January 2020, something really, really monumental was going to happen that would just basically crack the world wide open. And that could be that could be a global war. That could be earth changes. It could it could be a, pan, a pandemic, for example. And so what happened is that the exact day of the main transit, which was Saturn conjunct Pluto, January 10th, 2020, on the exact day of the beginning of that transit, um, the first cases of COVID were reported in China. And so the the way astrology really functions the the best is we can tell the quality of what will happen. But if you get too specific, you can really miss a lot about what's really going on, if if you see what I mean. Yes. yes. So it's instead of predicting we're going to have Chinese boots on the ground in December, it's more uh, the energy of it. Yeah, and to be prepared for the energy. Because, of course, the energy is the energy, and it's going to affect everybody in a different way. Um, and so um, the events end up being very critically important, obviously, like look what we've been struggling with. But it is, it is smart not to be too predictive. For example, I know what people are talking about during December uh, 2021, this month. And what they're talking about is the full moon that's coming up, um, uh, it, I think, yeah, December 18th. And people are looking at that full moon as possibly predicting war. But I don't. It, it, there might be a war. Certainly, I wonder what's going on with Russia massing on the borders of the Ukraine. Everybody does, mm-hmm. you know. Sure. But I think what's much more interesting is the quality of the energy, and that, that's what I'd really rather rather talk about. Because if we start to resonate with the quality of the energy, then you're going to be less likely to get sucked into the media and sucked into the latest drama. And you're going to be more likely to look deep within to understand how you're changing and what you really want to do with your life, if you, if you see what no, I mean. No, that's great. That's much more helpful. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So so during 2021, uh, first of all, we had all these transits in uh, 2020, which are covered um, very very closely in, in the trilogy and in the, in the third book. But then what happened with the transits of 2020, which let's not cover them because we've already gone through them. Um, In 2021, there has been a transit going on all year, starting in February, um, that created a really, really bizarre quality of energy. And the transit that happened, it's, it's it's the square of Saturn to Uranus. So Saturn in Aquarius has been um, squaring Uranus and Taurus all the way through 2021. February is mm-hmm. the first one, June 15th is the second one, and then the third one comes up on December 23rd. And so oh, right now, okay. <clears throat> yeah, right now we are really feeling intense pressure from these squares. So the question is like, well, what do these squares mean? 
Well, the planet Saturn has to do with creating structure and control in our lives. And then the planet Uranus has to do with creative forces that cause us to change a lot and create revolution and create radical change. So the whole year of 2021 has been a struggle between freedom and control. (laughs) Has anybody noticed? (laughs) Yeah, I I think we can (laughs) notice that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, the whole COVID thing is actually really lurking behind the issue of, of, of of the flu or pandemic, as some people say it is. Lurking behind that is the struggle between public health taking over a great deal of power and control all over the world. And so a lot of people are really looking at that and deep, deeply questioning it. And, you know, the vaccine mandates are pushing people to literally surrender their bodies. And that's a really right. deep question. You know, speaking of, um, of uh, control and freedom, what kind of freedom do we have um, if somebody's controlling our bodies? So, so mm-hmm. this Exactly. Reverberated all the way throughout the year, and the reason it has been so intense is because of Saturn in Aquarius and Uranus in Taurus. And what, what, basically the best way to describe that is the planet Saturn wants to make structures and control everything, and it's not comfortable in Aquarius because the basic nature of Aquarius is to be free, right? And then yeah. Uranus. The planet that you know that encourages us to seek freedom and creativity, that planet is not comfortable in Taurus, and so we've got two major huge planets squaring each other all year long, and they are totally uncomfortable in the sign that they're in, and then they're uncomfortable with each other, and all of us are playing this out, and 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 the key to this is that this transit is playing itself out at the personal level. So this is why each one of us as an individual has just such a, had such a terrible struggle at the personal level. You know, and yeah. this is building up to a big crescendo December 23rd because coming right before the third square, we get we get the uh, Gemini full moon, um, which happens to be on the galactic center. And and so this particular full moon is making this issue be galactic and oriented toward our place in the universe. So meanwhile, we've been in a big struggle, especially since about 2017, over the real meaning of extraterrestrials in our lives. And even though yes. a lot of people listen, listening haven't had an encounter probably, um, really are pretty nervous about a lot of what people say about these kinds of experiences. But regardless of that, it has even gone to the congressional level where we're even seeing the government um, looking toward um, creating disclosure. So, so in the middle of this crazy transit, and a, you know, a struggle for our freedom and then a struggle not to be controlled, we're also facing the possibility that we're not alone and somebody's influencing us. And so this, and then this damn full moon takes it right to the galactic level. It's right on the galactic center. Wow. So these are, these are really, really amazing, amazing transits. And they're transits that have created a huge um, 
uh, opportunity for growth for people and change. But at the same time, we're all just going, I can't stand one more minute of this. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's you know? too much. Yes. Yeah. My husband and I were up yeah. in the middle of the night last night, and we're usually not, we usually, we've been married for like 49 years, and it's not like us oh, to do that. Oh, congratulations. But, yeah. Yeah. But we were just both going, I can't stand it anymore, you know? <laughs> so it was probably yeah, I think you speak for many of us, yes. Yeah. And so astrology does help us see our way beyond it to some extent. Um, but I, I also have to admit that it's ju- it's just not quite over. It's still it's still pretty intense. Um, still, it and, really uh, is. And but I know yeah. when you talk about extraterrestrials, it's certainly one of our favorite topics here on Supernatural Girls, and our audience loves mm-hmm. the topic. But there's mm-hmm. a lot of of um, conflicting things that people say about extraterrestrials. Um, one is that there are racist already here, obviously, that um, want to control us. And then there are races that don't want to control us. But we're kind of like the black and red ants in the jar with somebody else, who knows who, shaking that jar, uh, forcing conflict between the red ants and the black ants. And mm-hmm. that's us. We're the ants. So mm-hmm. it's it's difficult, I think, to sort it out for people who have been told, yes, you know, you're going to find out that the aliens have been here all along, they're controlling a lot of things. I mean, do we embrace that or do we go, hey, wait a second, we don't want to be controlled by anybody, whether they're extraterrestrials or or human tyrants. We just don't like that. Yeah, well, let me put a few things in here. Um, there's evidence that there have been visitations from other dimensions or other realities or other places in the universe, whatever. Could be It could be so many things. could be parallel universes. You know, there's just so many ways there's to look many, at There's many possibilities, yes. Yeah, but, but in all the years that this has been part of our reality, even though a lot of people have just denied it, um, they haven't, like raided the planet and murdered everybody. In fact, you can make a very good case for the possibility that humans are doing much worse things to each other than extraterrestrials have ever done to anybody. And so I'd just like to put it in there that, first of all, um, as far as I can tell, the basic influences that seem to be affecting us are are in many cases fairly benign. In some cases, um, offer levels of teaching but there also is that level that has to do with the military-industrial complex and questions about bases in Antarctica and bases on Mars and bases on the moon. And I just heard the other day about a base on Ganymede, which is the moon of Jupiter. Jupiter, and I yes. Think, yeah, and I think that's the level, at least for me, that creates a real struggle. Um, so mm-hmm. I've gone through my whole life, um, <clears throat> like, very varying levels with this and wondering, just like everybody, actually, to be truthful. And then we started to see the government moving toward um, disclosure, re- releasing, um, f- you know, releasing some photography and different congressmen bringing things up. And then here's here's the most amazing thing about what's gone on in the last year. Suddenly, we see Jeff Bezos on a spaceship going someplace. And then we see various other people on spaceships, maybe going to the moon, maybe going to Mars eventually. And there's a lot of talk about people going to moon, going to the moon, and going to Mars. 
But what are they going to? Like, what what's on the moon? A bunch of hotels? I mean, in other words, this is bizarre admission that people are starting to go into space and, and visit various places. But there's no discussion about what's there. You follow this? This is it's I get it. I, believe me, I do. Confused. We've had people on the show that say that, you know, the moon has deep underground facilities and so does Mars. Yeah. So there's yeah, already there's a whole people setup that, on both of those planets or areas. Yeah, there's yes. definitely people that say that for sure. But what's bizarre is to have media events where somebody's taking a trip someplace, but excuse me, where are they going and why are <laughs> people, you know, and why are people yeah. to the moon or to Mars for $250,000 or, or whatever? What are you selling tickets to? If you mm-hmm. see what I mean, so if if people are a little oh, bit oh definitely yeah, yeah we're a little flummoxed by all of this and yeah and I, yeah. I think too it's very important to acknowledge the fact that what the government is doling out isn't what they really know and we all know that and we're all tired of it yeah. too <clears throat> their yeah. whole new PR routine UAPs instead of UFOs trying to get rid of the baggage that UFOs carry I mean we know it we see it. And yeah. saying everything but what they really know. And we've heard from people that have contact within the government that the, these people have said, they're, we're never going to tell the American people what's really going on. We will never divulge it. So there's that disappointment, not that we're surprised by it. But I think that's part of the crack in this cosmic egg is that it's been building up to this total lack of trust. <clears throat> with yeah. the government, with our medical people that are, are doing what they're doing. And, I mean, we've just come to realize on a major global level that <clears throat> they don't care about us. So yeah, yeah. I don't know that's how that big, fits in. Is that the big energy well, that's here? Been the, well, that's been the, been the big revelation this year, isn't it? To just honestly yeah. sit down with yourself and say, I'm living in a world where I'm being told to do this, 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 and this, and those people don't care about me. They don't know about me. Um, if they if they tell me I should vaccinate my child, they don't care what happens to my child. And this no, has been don't. a really huge. <clears throat> I, that's, I, I'm so glad I called I called this trilogy the Revelations trilogy because it ended up it ended up being a revelation. Um, the trilogy itself, um, because the characters are really smart. You know, like there's a great astrologer, there's a great Jungian analyst, there's a New York Times reporter, there's a wonderful um, theologian named Sarah. And the characters, the level of dialogue going on in this trilogy regarding what's happening around us is at a really high level because of the the characters themselves. So that's great. So when people read this book, they can actually put themselves into one of these characters and see through their eyes what's what's really yeah. going on and have a whole other level, high level of understanding. Yeah, and I know many, many people working in these fields, including me, have not tended to read a lot of fiction um, because mm-hmm. most novels are trashy, stupid. The characters are the last person you'd ever want to talk to, much less take your time <laughs> to sit down and read. Yeah, some of them you the, don't even want them to survive, you know. <laughs> so exactly. Like, who, care, who cares about them? Yeah, it's like, who cares about them? 
And who cares about right. what they talk about? And who cares what their values are? Because it's all, their values and their sense of reality is in the toilet. Well, right. in this trilogy, this is functioning at a high, magical, esoteric level. And these are people that you would give anything to be able to go to a conference and listen to them talk. Now, they don't lecture. They live. This is another really important thing about fiction. Some New Age writers have attempted to write fiction, and they haven't done it very well because they haven't created great characters. Because the characters have to carry the plot and the timing and the story itself. And the story Mm -hmm. that we're in the middle of is mind-boggling right now. I'm, I'm I'm actually very optimistic in the long run about how this is going to turn out because during my lifetime, and I'm almost 80, and during my lifetime I have seen such levels of transformation and emotional growth and wisdom in people. And as I go down to the people, the generations below me, they're smarter and smarter and smarter all the time. The per- That's other, comforting. Like the per- yeah, the percentage of people who are thinking deeply and, and questioning reality is so much greater than it was like back in the 1950s. Um, it started to change in the 1960s, and it's been changing ever since, as we know. Right, and, and that's good. I mean, we, yeah. we, we need a reality check here, and I think there is there's also, though, let me ask you where astrologically this is coming from. A lot of people are becoming extremely emotionally reactive. What? Where is that coming from? Well, when a person goes through a, a phase of growth, which is often triggered by Uranus, which is the planet that's creating so much stuff going on right now, and this is an astute question on your part because it's going to lead me up to um, something that's happening January twentieth, twenty twenty-two. So back to what I was just talking about. When people start to transform um, spiritually and they start to open their minds and they start to look at reality from a much more multidimensional um, way, a level or way, what happens is people go through tremendous emotional difficulties. And the reason for this is that what triggers us spiritually is kundalini energy, which is the energy that we work with when we do yoga, and when we do spiritual work. And when the kundalini energy gets activated in our bodies, we go through tremendous emotional transformations. And so right now, the whole culture is going through a very, very high level of emotional transformation. And hmm. this, and so like this year, 2021, with, with these three squares that I mentioned, um, it's kind of like people have been like stuck in a box. Remember those boxes where you could wind a thing and then a, it, like a, 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 a puppet would pop out? Remember those things? Yes. You were, yes. Yeah. Well, this whole year, yeah, this whole year has been kind of like that, where you're afraid to wind it up because if you do, it'll just pop out. <laughs> Maybe it'll be an yeah, and scare the crap out of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in your room, you know, or something like that. But on January twentieth, twenty two, remember I mentioned. Um, the, the square between Saturn and Uranus all year. 
Well, right. Uranus right now is going retro is retrograde, and that's a, that's a thing that always just the minute people astrologers bring that up, everybody goes, "Oh God, can't handle it." But it's re- retrograde motion is really a simple thing, in that if you watch the stars in the sky in the sky every night, sometimes Mercury it looks like it's going backwards, and sometimes Mars looks like it's going backwards. It actually is from the perspective of Earth or Venus going mm-hmm. backwards. And so what happens is um, the outer planets, when they're retrograde, like Uranus, Pluto, and Neptune, they're retrograde for about three or four months, five months in some cases. And it has a tremendous um, impact on us. And so Uranus is the planet that causes us to transform and to activate energy. And it has been retrograde for like five months. And after this next square, Uranus goes direct. This is January 2022. And what's going to happen is all of that energy that's been boxed up in that box with that that puppet inside, it's just going to explode all over the place. It's it's really going to be something. Um, And the reason I think it's going to be something, really something, besides being an astrologer, is that I've been amazed by the degree to which people have caved in, have been willing to do social distancing, wear masks, and be obedient, and go sit down and get a, a needle in their own. I've been totally I've been shocked. Yeah, yeah, I've been shocked. I'm shocked. I, I never would have predicted that this many people would just fall in line like robots. Well, guess what? That ends January 20th, 22. And people are going to start screaming and yelling about what's been done to them. First of all, look what's been done to us the last two years, the destruction of our economy. And look at the destruction of the health system. We don't have a health system anymore. (laughs) Yeah, we don't. you 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 can't even go to the hospital if you need to go to the hospital to get something done. It's it's right. it's reality, reality has been trashed by a bunch of people who got who got a hold of way too much control in my opinion. And yes, I agree. What's going to happen? What's going to happen is people are going to start screaming, and they're going to be screaming loud and, and in an angry way. I don't I don't see. There is a good example where I can't tell you what's going to happen and what what people will do, but I can tell you right. one thing: they're going to be explosive. Wow. And and so each all of us, you know, this affects all of us. This is a group, this is a collective. We're in the middle of a collective insanity, which is a term created by Carl Jung, the wonderful Jungian analyst. And right. um Carl Jung, Carl Jung described the period during World War II during the Nazis as a as a collective insanity because everybody was stuck in it, everybody was participating in it and you couldn't get away from it no matter what you did. Well, that's what we've been in the middle of for the last two years. And people are about are about ready to get very angry because they're going to see it crystal clear. And, and, well, that's and so, a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing, but, you know, anger is never a good thing. Not, well, it's, but, it's, yeah, it's, when it gets explosive. Yeah. Well, Just I would imagine it. But, yeah, yeah, but it's when, well, you, when these people see what's been done to them. I mean, we've been seeing yeah. it, okay? We've been seeing it. You see it. I see it. A number of yeah. us see it. And we've tried, I don't know about you, but I'm sure you have tried to warn people 
about this and that gotten a lot of flack for it. So yes. all of a sudden, once they finally see they've been had, then no. I can understand totally what's going to happen on January 20th. That, that type of explosion, it's like, wait a second, you mean now we're sterilized? We just sterilized our children. Now we... Yeah have destroyed our immune systems, and we're going to die from some horrible thing other than what they told us was so dangerous. I mean, these are all possibilities that people could come to terms with, and I can only imagine that level of actual impotence, you know, that they didn't, because when when anger turns to that type of rage, it's isn't it really about feeling powerless that they were caught up in fear they they didn't see this for what it was and now look at it and look at their lives and look at what it's created i can see that type of thing happening i just wasn't until you said this though barbara i wasn't sure it was ever going to happen so well well one um, thing we have seen you know these squares have created some levels of change and fortunately for somebody like you and me who saw from the beginning what was going on um, at this point, they can't blame it on the unvaccinated anymore. It, that's no. got to be mm-hmm. a joke. That's passing away. So fortunately, the scapegoating of the people who didn't agree is is not going to continue. Because I found that to be, I found it very very painful to be blamed for um, doing deep research and writing a trilogy about the, these issues. And then I'm blamed somehow. I did something that caused something, you know, which I didn't. I'm just living you know so that's gone exactly but, i mean you're doing what you yeah. would do in any situation you would do yeah. your research you would talk to people on the inside of these pharmaceutical companies who are knowledgeable about what's really going on and and you would decide from there you would use critical thinking to come to some conclusions there yeah. so yeah you, this is no different for you or me than any other issue this yeah. is how we so we handle these things yeah. Well, so to switch it to a more positive note, because these squares are also having a good effect, which is getting people to wake up and realize that they have um, been over-controlled and that their creative freedom has been blocked. And, like, how can they get their creativity and their creative freedom back? That's, that's just the central issue. So during this whole year... For those of us who work with alternative medicine and alternative modalities, a whole bunch of us have worked out a whole um, system for how to deal with COVID and how to deal with viruses and how to deal with the biome, which is the, the basic immune system in our gut and in our physical bodies. And a very, very large number of people have come to the realization that all they've got is their immune system and their biome. And so mm-hmm. I have never seen, I've never seen so many people take deep responsibility for health than I have this year. It's, it's been a, a wow. really, really wonderful thing to watch. And so then what's going to happen is when the truth comes out about what's happened to us, what are we going to do about it? And fortunately, there are a whole lot of ways to heal a lot of the damage that has occurred. And so basically during 2020, basically the whole alternative medical system was almost completely destroyed. Like my husband, Jerry, is a cranial sacral therapist. And oh, I love that therapy. 
Yeah, but he hasn't been able to practice because you, you couldn't you'd get practice with people. You know, you, you can't do these things with masks on your faces and afraid of catching the flu and all right. that kind of stuff. So what's going to happen is the alternative modalities are going to come back strong, I, I think. I think mm-hmm. it's one of the things that we're going to see happening because Uranus is the planet that encourages transformation and change and emo- emotional, de- Uranus really rules a lot of emotional development. And so I think that even though that going, going direct on January 20th, even though that's going to create a lot of chaos and a lot of anger, you're going to have this deeper level of people solving problems. And I think that's going that's to happen. That's wonderful. I think yeah, I think well, we're going that's, to see that that's next. encouraging, Barbara. That, uh, that very much is because I, I know we've heard from folks that are astrologers that have said um, after January in the springtime is going to be the most telling time of how we're going to survive this or if we will. So, yeah. um, but January twentieth sounds like a, a a big earmark of positive change. Hopefully, on the other side oh, yeah. of all of this yeah. anger and revelation. Yeah. And that goes all the way through. See, that influence goes all the way through the spring and summer. And it's just going to oh, get stronger and stronger and stronger. So you're, so it's going to be a very conflictual time, a very, a very tense time. But also the best word for Uranus is really transformation. It's going to be very transformative. Mm-hmm. You know, very transformative. And there's now, so many... One, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to ask you, you know, one of the things we've also heard on the show is that the government obviously is failing here in the United States with trying to get control of all of us. So Werner von Braun many years ago predicted that when they failed, they would pull out the big guns, which would be a false flag alien invasion. So it's basically a fake alien invasion, but they would use reverse engineer technology against us, again, using it against their own people. Um, and that's that's been said repeatedly, which is very disturbing to me. But do you see any energy that corresponds to that type of incredible betrayal on that level? Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But but the, the reason I think it isn't going to happen is a little bit different than the way most people look at it. If you watch the extraterrestrial influences now now there's there's psychic influences which i have i have a lot of contact myself psychically but then there's this whole issue of extraterrestrials actually doing things on the planet like crashing spaceships in roswell or whatever and there's a Mm -hmm. lot of evidence that extraterrestrials have been watching military bases and uh, shutting down um, potential uh, dangerous technology, even nuclear technology. The extraterrestrials right. are very concerned about nuclear technology, and I don't understand the whole deal deal with that, but I do know that nuclear technology is very dangerous and is probably a major wrong turn. So the way I would put it to you is I would say that if the military uh, forces try to create something like a, like try to create a false flag event, an extraterrestrial invasion, I think the extraterrestrials are going to take care of them big time. Oh, I, I nice. Think any, I like that. <laughs> I, think anybody, I think anybody in the military, do you, do you remember when the, um, the obelisk in Washington, the, the tall, what do you call it, the, the, you know, the tall, tall. Yeah, it got obelisk. hit by lightning or something, didn't it? Well, you remember something when like it that? cracked? 
Yeah, you remember when it yeah. cracked? Well, yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people who were in the know in the military were very upset because some military, un, military underground bases nearby had gotten um, basically destroyed underground. So oh. if you start to get in, if you start to get into the literature on this, you'll see that as this extraterrestrial thing has, has gone on and on and on, um, there has been a whole lot of stuff happening on the other side in response to stuff that the military's been doing. And basically the military have really been, bam- from one point of view, bamboozled in in a way. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and, 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 and I think it's going to force, ultimately, I think it's going to force disclosure. And I can't well, even tell you what, what a huge deal... That is because, like, if you if you read a book called um, it's the it's Serpo is in the title. Yes. From, by Lane Project Serpo. Yes. Okay, you know about Project Serpo. Okay. Supposedly, yes. um, and not only supposedly but apparently, um, eleven or twelve American um, astronauts were t- were taken to a pla- taken to planet Serpo, which is in uh, I think Zeta Reticuli. And supposedly mm-hmm. they were there for like 10 years. And supposedly a few died there. And some of, a bunch of them came back and got their minds wiped when they returned. And supposedly a few American astronauts stayed on circle because they created a life there. Now, speaking of fiction, this is such a deeply meaningful story of American astronauts being willing to give 10 years of their lives to go to another planet for research with, with extraterrestrials. It's, a, it's an incredibly meaningful story. And it is. What I, think, I, I think what's going to happen is once it breaks, it's going to be like a tidal wave. Be, because I know myself, I've had my own resistance to it. You know, some of the really awful things you hear about Basis in in Antarctica and on the moon and all that kind of stuff. I don't I don't like to hear about that stuff. I I avoid basically avoid reading it as much as I can, even though I I have to be well informed. But I think it's going to be like a tidal wave. Well, I think it would be wonderfully freeing because we've lived under this cloak of secrecy and deception, disinformation, for a very long time. I mean, abductees have been treated terribly. And it's it would be a relief to have the truth or as much of it as we can handle, at least. And I think we can handle a lot out in the open. So otherwise, what we're left with is is a lot of, of pieces. And some of them fit together, some of them don't. Yeah. So it would yeah. be nice to have this. And I, I know that our from what I've heard, we had a, a shaman on the show from Peru. who was wonderful, and he talked about... Uh, a landing that occurred there, and there were 300 journalists who witnessed it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the United States has to stick their nose in it and says to them, if you breathe a word of this to the world, we will withdraw all of your funding. Yeah. You won't get a dime from the United States. So that's why we never heard about it. And yeah. I have no doubt that other countries have been threatened similarly. As you know, South America, they've had sightings and experiences there going on for for centuries and it's you know it's that kind of thing where the united states has always been the bully the top dog that says you can't tell so it would be nice if it was once and for all taken out of those hands 
and so, so, we yeah, could so get more of the full so, story. So let's go back to where you were a little while ago in in this talk, where you you commented that um, pe- that especially this last year, that people um, know they've been had, and they know they've been lied to, and they're just kind of sitting with the truth. They see it, you know, they feel it, mm-hmm. they know it, they see it, and they can't deny it anymore. And then just think of how that is going to explode when people just start talking about it as if that's the way it really is. Just, you know, yeah. and speaking of this, it's the same thing as disclosure, where you you and I know a whole bunch of stories about a whole bunch of landings and a whole bunch of contacts, and I've actually had a few of my own. A whole lot of people know a lot about this. But what's holding people back has been broken this in 2020. And what's been holding people back is kind of a hypnosis from the last 500 years of science and the age of science and the buildup hmm. of the idea that scientists are the only ones who really understand reality, <coughs> especially physicists, you know. And so people have been kind of hypnotized into thinking that they don't know what's going on. And then suddenly in 2020, it cracks and people see the truth. You, you see that? And right now people That's are kind really of like, interesting. It's true. Because the Western rationalistic paradigm, you know, the last, really the last 2,000 years, but especially the last 500 years, it denies all kinds of levels of reality that are real. There are many, many dimensions, and these beings and visitors and all that are probably from parallel realities and different dimensions, and and that's a real thing. But for 500 years, we've had a a buildup of a scientific level of denial, you know, yes. and so now yes, we have absolutely. Great, you know, so now we have the great scientists who created this virus basically by manipulating, and we don't even get into the story of that, but there's all kinds of issues of where this stuff comes from. But all these yes, great scientists mm-hmm. had all of these great ideas about how to take care of everybody in the middle of a problem, and they just simply blew it, and basically everybody knows it. And oh, that's definitely, yeah. That's the crack. That's seeing the truth. And that's what it's going to take to get out of this hypnosis by science and hypnosis of superior rational thinking, which is simply only a part of things. Science is fine, but it's not everything. And it's not you know? the answer. Yeah. It's not the yeah. only answer. There's so many right. more pieces of this that what which are more experiential and that bring knowledge in a different way that have been dismissed because they're not from science. It's like no. yeah. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. I think what you're saying is so important and I love how you're talking about all of this because you're giving us a pathway through this which we haven't really had. I mean, I think there's just we've been hit from all sides as we were discussing before. And you were saying it really is coming from all sides, so that's not an illusion. Yeah. And the most the most frustrating thing of the last year and a half is there are all kinds of simple things that people can do if they get COVID, you know, such as keeping their vitamin yes. D 
sea levels up. There's all kinds of simple things that you could do, and as you know, and a lot oh, yeah. of people, have managed, yeah, a lot of people have managed to stay very healthy through this, and if they get it, they've been able to do things to keep it from becoming too serious or or get post COVID, and um, so the you know a lot of people have started to realize that they have to take care of themselves. The doctor in the hospital isn't going to take care of you. Never did and never will. We each That's have to right. maintain our own health. And so all of these people are coming forward with all kinds of teachings and information about how to do that. And it's just exploding. It is. You're right. I mean, and if you look at other countries, which a lot of that isn't being reported here in the United States, there's yeah. very low COVID rates because they are using medications that are effective. Definitely. And, again, it's, these are, are things that anybody can learn about if they want to. And they they can stay safe and they can stay healthy. So you're right. There are so many ways, so many choices that you can make. But I think, too, I'm always amazed at how many people just turn over their health to the doctors. Fix me. Yeah. Give me a pill. Give me this. Give me yeah. that. That's gonna. I, that, so I don't have to really do anything except yeah. this one thing. And I think that's where the the vax comes in. Um, well, it's that's easy. Really hit, yeah, that's really hitting the wall at this point. I just picked up an interesting statistic this morning when I was on on the web um, that in uh, like in 19, I think it was 1940. I'm not going to get this exactly right. I'll just take a stab at it. But something like 14% of Americans had chronic diseases. And at this point, 56% of Americans have at least one or more chronic diseases. Yeah. And and so so it's it, we've we've hit the wall on this. Of uh, people have gotten very sick and developed diseases and also gotten in many cases gotten way too fat and people are going to have to deal with it. The doctor can't Fix your fat. <laughs> you know, you have to fix your fat. <laughs> and you have to fix your lifestyle choices if they're making you sick. I mean, we are, as one sociologist said, we are taking more medication than ever before, and we're sicker than ever before. So we're not getting better from taking all of no, this. No, no, no. the drugs, are, drugs make people sick. I just don't take them, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, I'm I'm not against medication, I'm not against any of it, but when when you look at chronically ill people and what they go through, it is a mess. I mean, emergency medicine is one thing, but chronic illness is another, and we really are not treating our chronically ill people effectively. So, yeah, there's there's a lot to be said for some medications that can be used for other purposes too, which is interesting. And they're actually even more effective in other scenarios. So there's mm-hmm. a, a certain amount of flexibility and variety with this that really needs to to be used at times. But ultimately, the bottom line is, what are you choosing to do for yourself? Are you walking every day? Are you eating healthy foods for you? doesn't mean everybody's got to be on a keto diet. What's the right diet for you? And Native Americans that I, I knew through the years always used to say, your health food is seven generations prior to you, what your ancestors mm-hmm. were eating. That's your health food. Yeah. So everybody has to, like you said, take some responsibility. And you're right. 
I do see more people doing that now. And I didn't used to so much, but now, yes, that's a good thing. Yeah, they're just, they don't even want, you know, it's funny. It's actually fun to watch people discover that they can do it because they start feeling happier. Yeah. And then they start realizing that they made themselves happy. You know, it's it's kind of a, it's actually kind of a beautiful thing to watch, but I can really see how <clears throat> all of these topics that we're talking about are just going to just explode like a gigantic firecracker January twentieth, and wow. the, the full moon, the full moon um, I think it's uh, December eighteenth is also just going to be on December eighteenth at the time of that full moon, it's going to be impossible for almost anybody to not see what's going on. Well, that is a revelation, and I want to also yeah. just give the name of your book again, which is Revelations from the Source, and this is by our guest tonight, Barbara Hanclow, author of Revelations of the Aquarian Age also. This is a trilogy, as Barbara mentioned, and you should get these books because they're a fascinating read where you can really see through the eyes of these characters exactly what we're all going through now. So again, revelations from the source. How long did it take you to write that book? That's a that's a pretty lengthy well, book. It was How ten, long did it take you? Years, yeah, ten years of full time writing. And and wow. also, I'd like to say that just like with any trilogy, the first book is where you get the context of all the characters and their lives, and then the second book is where the where the whole story starts to really move along, and then the third book is like the apotheosis and where it all comes together. So first of all, each book is standalone. So like if somebody picks up Revelations from the source and doesn't read the other two, that's okay. But for anybody who feels like they might want to make a commitment to this, it, it's better to read all three books because they're, they're consecutive. You're gonna, you're, okay. you're, the characters are going to be doing their thing in the third book, and it'll be fascinating, but there's a whole rich background on why they're doing what they're doing coming from the, the two earlier books. Well, what a perfect time of year to read these books over the holidays and really get into this and 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 allow yourself to get this knowledge so you can clearly see where you fit in to all of this and what's going on in the world around you. Yeah, this is a critical time. Now, what about the spring? What happens? I know you said some of this, not all of this energy starts to build up as of January 20th, but it continues. So what can we expect in the spring? Well, I think that people are just going to be changing very rapidly. And I think the hardest part of this was uh, was 2020 and actually all of 2021. Both years are really hard because you felt stuck. You know, on the one hand, you want to move it, but on the other hand, you feel stuck. And I think when mm-hmm. that stuckness goes away, the, the hard thing is it's going to be like roller skating fast or surfing. You're going to have to move because things are just going to move all over the place. Wow. Yeah, well, I know. would you share with us some of your own alien encounters? Um, do we have time? Yes, we do. We have a whole half an hour plus to hear from you on that. Okay. In other words, I'm supposed to go until uh, 7 o'clock. Okay. I right. Didn't, I didn't realize that. I thought we were winding up at this point. But um, uh, what do I want to say? Well, um, during the Second World War, um, my mother had to move to Elmont, New York, which is on Long Island, um, because my father 
was a medic in Australia. And I, was, I, w- I went there with my mother and my older brother. And my older brother was like two and a half, and I was like eight months old. And then starting right after I was one year old, I started disappearing. Um, my, oh. mother would go to, my mother would go to the room, and I wasn't there. And um, they, she had to go to the police and get help and all that. And the most, uh, the most verified one was that I disappeared when I was about 16 months old. And the Bronx police, the Bronx firemen, found me sliding down the edge of the Bronx Reservoir. Um, fortunately, it had a nice, you know, it was graded well, so I, I wasn't rolling down, but I was sliding. And oh my that goodness. one, my, yeah, I know. My mother verifies that, has verified that. Um, she's not with us anymore. But um, and I don't remember any. I don't remember anything about what was happening. So I don't remember anything. But definitely. Something was going on when I was a, ba- a baby, basically. Then I have the first conscious encounter when I was five and a half years old. When I was taken, by, I, I think, by extraterrestrials. I, I wasn't, I'm, I, I've never been afraid of them, um, like most people are. Um, right. So I don't have, I don't have that para- paralyzing fear. And mm-hmm. when I was five and a half, they took me all the way up to the higher planes of consciousness, all the way up into the higher levels of the of solar system itself and into the galaxy and into the universe. And I had a whole series of encounters. And I've written, I wrote a book about it. It's called The Mind Chronicles Trilogy. This, this goes oh. back to, yeah, this goes back, I'm trying to think. Uh, this goes back to the late 80s, 1986, 1989, and 1991, three, three books. And it's now in, the, the publisher has now turned it into one volu- volume, which is nice. So I described, yeah. in, in, I described in graphic detail um, what happened and what I experienced. And then it, I kind of was out of touch. I was busy. I had four children and a marriage and busy life, and I became a publisher. And then in my mid-40s, which is typical for people, I started, the energy started to come come at me again. And at that point, I started to have encounters um, with Pleiadian beings who were very benevolent, very loving. Um, Again, I I just haven't had the fear of them. I'm more afraid of humans. (laughs) Oh, God, I understand that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm more afraid of Anthony Fauci <laughs> than I am of yeah. the <laughs> Right. No kidding. So um so that I had a series of encounters um in my forties and that ended up being a book called The Pleiadian Agenda, A New Cosmology for the Age of Light. And that came out in nineteen ninety five and it was a great big bestseller. So there may even be Congratulations. Yeah, people That's might great. that one. Yeah, they might have read that one years ago. So then the problem with the Pleiadian material is the Pleiadian material um, is extremely scientific um, coming through this group of Pleiadians. It involved quantum mechanics. It involved superstring theory. It involved um, geological theory, all, all kinds of scientific theory, much of which I did not understand. Um, what, mm-hmm. what I did with it is once all this information came in, I, I had a period where I channeled. I did 18 sessions where I channeled to a group. I uh, selected a group of people 
who had the ability to ask questions about um, complex sciences. And then I took the, um, those sessions were about three hours long, and I had, them, uh, I, had them, uh, I had a person type them out um, so they could go into my computer, and I turned it into the Pleiadian agenda. So that, that's how I brought the Pleiadian material in. And um, like I say, it was a real hot bestseller because it's really hot material. But the problem I had was a lot of the stuff that the Pleiadians said contradicted um, conventional science, and I knew it. I knew that they, I knew what they said um, didn't agree with geology and different sciences. And so I went out and taught the material from the Pleiadians um, in workshops for like 10 years. And while I was teaching it, the various theories that came through from the Pleiadians started to get verified by conventional science. And by ah. 2000, yeah, it was really interesting. Um, by 2004, I had the verification scientifically, physicists and topologists and mathematicians, all kinds of scientists. Um, I had the scientific verification for what they said. So I wrote a book called The Pleiadian Agenda. No, wait, that's The Pleiadian Agenda is the first book. The second book is called Alchemy of Nine Dimensions. And mm. Alchemy of Nine Dimensions is a scientific analysis of a channel book. And as far as I know, it's the only one that has ever occurred, except mysteriously, two years after Alchemy of Nine Dimensions came out, a, a movie appeared called What the Bleep Do I Know? Oh, Did yeah. Did you see that? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, Alchemy of, Alchemy of Nine Dimensions is the same as the movie. And I've had uh-huh. quite a few, yeah, I've had quite a few movies produced that were pretty much exactly the same as my material. But I don't... Oh, my. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't believe, I, I, I don't believe I own it, you know, and I've never mm-hmm. done... This work for money, um, and so um, it's it's okay. Um, and it and like I say, it's happened on other occasions, but it's it's okay. I don't have an issue with it. So um, basically, um, uh, the alchemy of nine dimensions. If you liked what the bleep do I know, you'll really like alchemy of nine dimensions. Yeah, because much that more, it's much wonderful. more in depth. It's much more in depth. The movie's kind of like sh- kind of shallow. Yeah, and this right. much more in depth. Um, presentation. So I've pretty much had, I've almost been like, I just have had no fear with with extraterrestrial contact. Um, I think that what's going to happen in the near future is probably going to be kind of really wonderful ultimately. Uh, I don't see how it can get much worse than it is now. Oh God, you're not kidding. Yeah, I agree. And let me share something with you that you may find interesting since you did the disappearing act when you were very small. Um, yeah. you, are you familiar with Betty Andreessen's case, the Andreessen affair, mm-hmm. the abduction story? It's one I of the most well-documented. Yeah, I couldn't oh, un- to you, but I'm, yeah. So anyways, yeah. Betty's, Betty's a friend of mine, and her daughter was named Becky. And... During this whole abduction scenario, Betty was in the house with her parents and also her children. And they put everybody in stasis except for Betty. And they put Becky into stasis, but Becky kept popping out, which was kind of unusual. And 
Becky, when she was a baby also, Betty would have her in her crib, in the room, windows closed and locked, doors closed and locked, and she'd go back and Becky would be gone. So she would find her. You know, she'd get a call from the neighbor, your daughter's outside with no clothes on, you know, doing this or that. You know, it's like, and Betty would be beside herself. How did Becky get out there? So I know what Becky shared was that she was playing with these friends, in quote. One of them was named Ishtar. And she always felt close to Ishtar. So it was just, it's a similar story as to what you and your mom experienced with you doing this disappearing act and turning up uh, somewhere else without any help from uh, at least humans. So I just wanted to share that with you. I thought there was a similarity with that. Yeah, and here's the tragedy at my end which was obviously my mother, well, my mother was ill and her husband was over in Australia and she had my older brother with her. And so as so after I disappeared and was picked up by the police or whoever um, four or five times, she decided she couldn't keep me anymore. <gasps> so the only reason I'm able to just tell this story easily is because I've written about it, because the whole story is in the Mind Chronicles trilogy. So I, oh I wrote the trilogy. Part, yeah, I wrote the trilogy partly to process the, the, this part of it, not the extraterrestrial part. But what I couldn't understand as a little girl was why my brother stayed with my mother, but I was sent away. So, so that yeah. was number one. And I didn't find out until I was 30 years old that she was very ill with eczema from head to toe and just simply took oh. a cold. But she, never, but she never told me that. Okay, so number right. one, I had the right. tragedy of separation from my mother, and I loved my mother, and I was very fond of her. and She's a wonderful woman. I just adored her. But it was a great trauma for me. And then, unfortunately, the place where I was sent, um, I was abused um, by a man oh. in the house. Yeah, right. Oh, how so horrible. This, oh, my God. Yeah, at this point, no, at this point, you know what, I, it, when you've written about something, when you've done a lot of sessions and when you've done a lot of healing, it's amazing how you can go beyond the things that have happened to you in your life. And that just, anybody yeah. can do that. And I'm a walking example. I'm a very um, happily married, healthy um, mom with four kids. And you can do that. And, you know, you can get over it. But, it ta- but of course, it takes a lot of therapy which is the reason I've written so much um, about different forms of therapy also. Well, God bless you so, for taking care of yourself so well to come through that and being an inspiration to all of us. Because, I mean, my goodness, it, whether we're looking at how things are in families today or in the past, they're quite dysfunctional. And it's, it is a, a task and a half to be able to come through it and make yourself whole again. So good for you. Well, and I and I also think what's been happening for the, to the and for the children during the last few years is just such an utter tragedy. I have a grand I have a granddaughter who's nine years old, and like all the other children her age, she's had a very scattered educational experience. You know, and all the things she's had two oh, years yeah. very well. But what's happened to the children is just a tragedy. It's and then awful. throw the vaccines and then throw the vaccines on top of it. So yeah, I think, you know, I really do think I'm making a good case for the idea that when people start to see this 
for what it really is, um, there's going to be a very big reaction. Yeah, I, I'm wondering how that's going to come about, and I, I really am glad to hear that it will come about because it needs to. People need to see the truth. Yeah. Not be living in some fantasy about all of this, that the government really cares about our health. No, they don't. So mm-hmm. this is something entirely different. So it is important to look at look at all of this with a very clear head, not what they want to see, but what it, what is really there. And, and the so, same you know, is true, you, as you mentioned, for all of this. Go ahead. Yeah. And, you know, you hear these terms like tribulations and the end, of the, the end times and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's what we're in the middle of right now, but it's not an end. Um, One of the deepest uh, levels of uh, uh, material in the Revelations trilogy is the issue of the precession of the equinoxes. And as you know, we're going into the age of Aquarius at this point. And then 2,000 years ago, we left the age of Aries and we went into Pisces. And then before that, the age of Taurus into Aries. And so the book has the background on the precession of the equinoxes. And it's very, very important material because until 2,000 years ago, cultures organized their processes of change and cultural growth by using precession. Um, there, there were the spiritual teachers of the old days um, were processional teachers. And what they did was they helped people understand what they need to let go of in the old age and how they can adjust to the new age coming in. And so that is basically, as far as I can tell in my own research, as far as I can tell, cultures understood reality that way um, for at least 10,000 years and probably a lot longer. But then Christianity destroyed the processional teachings. When Christianity Ah. came in, it fixed um, with the age of Pisces. Um, It basically um, destroyed all of the processional teachings that people had thrived, basically thrived by. And mm-hmm. so one of the purposes of this trilogy is to bring the processional teaching back. So what oh, happened okay. yeah, because because it, it was lost 2,000 years ago, and we're in, in the, you know, in tribulation and the end times because we're not coping with the movement into Aquarius. So we haven't had teachings about how to let go of the age of Pisces. So what's the age of Pisces? The age of organized religions. And so so okay. we have to, you know, so we're being forced by, by procession to let go of the age of organized religion. And then as we go into the age of Aquarius, we're going into an age that's going to be much more technological and much more scientific. And if we don't learn and if we don't if see each individual now has to has to strike out for their freedom like there's nothing wrong with technology it's how you use it that's the issue yeah and so, so people need a tremendous amount of help right now to understand how to let go of the old belief systems because the aquarian forces are just rolling in now it's like a tidal wave and that's why i emphasized that january 20th, 22 um, issue. Um, <clears throat> and so if people can't, you know, can't um, strike out and take advantage of how to use these forces positively, 
we're really going to have a lot of difficulty. And so I wrote this trilogy partly just to bring back those processional teachings because that's what sustained us for at least 10,000 years. And now that Christianity is basically, you know, Christianity is basically crumbling. It's not going to go away. And, and religions are always going to be part of community, reality for people. But we're not going to have, you know, another 2,000 years of these great big organized religions. It's just going to change. Yeah. And so this is really a, te- this is really a teaching about how to let go and, and how to move with the new energy and not resist it. That's really what, what's really behind this. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And this whole discussion tonight, I think, has been incredibly helpful, putting things in this type of context so people understand more about the energies underneath all of it and what's going on, what's being asked of us. Because for quite a while there in 2020, it was very confusing, you know, in terms of the energies of what was being asked of us in a situation like that. So now we know a little bit more about what we need to do, which is which is so helpful. It really is. This whole discussion has been incredibly helpful, Barbara. Thank you so much. Yeah, well it's it's my pleasure. <laughs> well I now let me let, ask you you it looks like we're going to go to seven to a matter of what. <laughs> okay. Well, I have so many questions for you because you're fascinating, and you also have wonderful wisdom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But what I wanted to ask you about is one of your books about kundalini. How does kundalini fit into all of this? Is our kundalini energy as a civilization starting to rise? Because I know you mentioned that this is one of the reasons people are getting so aggressive and nasty with each other. Um, is is this energy collectively rising, or what's happening with this? Okay, I wrote a whole book about that. <laughs> it's, called, it's called Astrology and the Awakening of Kundalini. And it came out initially in 1991, and it was titled Liquid Light of Sex. And it was a, that also was a very popular book. Um, and I worked at the publishing house where my, all of my books aren't at the same publishing house, but I worked at the publishing house where that was located. And I'll never forget the day when uh, my husband picked up the phone because he, he, he was president of the company. And he looked at me and he said, I, th- I think you better take this call. So I took the call. And there was some guy on the line saying, I want to order some of that liquid sex. <laughs> <laughs> And it was so funny. We laughed and laughed with the guy. We said, no, wait a minute. You're not ordering the right book. This is a book about astrology and liquid light has to do with energy. And he said, well, I don't care. It sounds good to me anyway. So he did actually order it. But but Liquid Light of Sex. Okay, so Liquid Light of Sex is a book that I wrote. As I said, it came out in 1991. And I wrote it because of what was happening in my astrological practice and because of what was happening with um, gurus coming into Western culture and doing very advanced levels of meditation with, uh, with young people and creating um, kundalini rising, um, kundalini crisis is what we actually call it. And books have been uh-huh. written about kundalini crisis because it's very intense and very difficult for people. And so in my astrological practice, 
I started noticing and at that time. See, this is all being triggered by the planet Uranus, which is elliptical. So some people get get a, a midlife crisis, a kundalini rising, when they're 38, and some people mm-hmm. get it when they're old as like 46. Like right now, people are getting kundalini rising at a at, at, at a, right around age of 44 or something like that. Wow. Okay. So, so what I noticed in my practice was that I had a whole bunch of clients who were at that time in their early 40s who were showing signs of kundalini rising. And um, serious signs, um, heart att- some heart attacks, heart issues. Oh, um, uh-oh. Oh, yeah. You know, it can be, this can be very, this is, something, this is not something to play with, which is the reason that I wrote the book. And this particular book is, is a, a book that a lot of therapists use because it really helps them with the timing of therapy. But at any rate, what I noticed, I started noticing that people were getting a kundalini rising triggered when they had their Uranus opposition. In other words, when Uranus got all the way around to the opposition point from its natal placement, people were having kundalini rising. So then Hmm. I started watching, watching for it, and I collected cases during the 80s. I collected a pile of charts and a pile of cases because I definitely came to the conclusion that Kundalini is triggered by Uranus opposition. And Uranus uh-huh. opposition is in the culture, popular culture is known as midlife crisis, where people um, have affairs and get into all kinds of emotional dramas. And what's causing the tendency to um, act out a lot during midlife crisis is actually Kundalini energy. So I wrote a whole book about it. And and uh, and I also have it, at the time, and I still believe it's not a good idea to trigger Kundalini by by excessive um, yogic practices, in my opinion. In other words, mm-hmm. our bodies we're like trees, and our bodies are are geared to um, start to activate when we get to this Uranus opposition point, and then until then, like like in like. Um, the book the book covers Saturn return at age 30, and then Uranus opposition at age mid 40s, and then the last transit key transit is Chiron return, and I won't get into that one um, at this point, but people um, uh, basically develop themselves physically until they're about 29 or 30 years old, and then when right. they get Saturn Saturn return, which comes back to the natal position, 90% of people make a major change in their lives. They get a divorce, or they get married, or they have a kid, or they change their career. Literally almost everybody does their Saturn return, um, because Saturn Mm -hmm. is so potent for people. But with Uranus opposition, often it's not well resolved. What, What happens is, because of the kundalini energy and the chaos, People um, like have a year and a half to two years of chaos, and then they just try to forget it and get beyond it, and they don't learn. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. because at midlife crisis, that's when you need to master your emotions. It's all about emotions, and so okay. you, you could say you could say that on January twentieth, we're on the verge of a great big midlife crisis. It does sound that way. Because I'm telling you, when Uranus goes direct here, uh, at this point, after these three squares, um, 
you know, during 2020, 2021, excuse me, um, this is going to be explosive. So it is, it, is a, it is a cultural thing. It is a collective thing. And it is Kundalini energy. And yeah, I'm just wondering about people. that. Yeah, it, it's going to trigger people spiritually. It's going to trigger them emotionally. And there's just going to be no, there's going to be no avoiding um, deal, dealing with this. We're, we're really on the edge, edge of it now. Gosh, I it's it. such a... I actually, yeah, it's, I welcome it. It's a powerful time. I mean, nobody, like. well, I don't like to live under the illusion that everything's okay. And these institutions who we've given so much power away to really care enough about us to make our lives better. We know that's an illusion, but we've been living under that illusion for so long. Yeah, you know, you're really bringing up a good point here because um, let's go back to vaccinations and let's go back to, in my case, I'm almost 80 years old. So um, by the time I had children, they were all, they were getting vaccinated and I didn't know any, I didn't know anything then. So they got vaccinated Mm -hmm. and some of my kids had, had some real problems from vaccinations. And so what's happening now as a result of pushing the COVID-19 vaccinations is people are starting to see that they've actually been giving away their power for like 40 or 50 or 60 years because you couldn't send your kids to if they weren't vaccinated when my children were young. Yeah. So, you know, piece by piece, we've given our power away and people have just caved in and just taken drugs and hoped that everything would be okay. But now we're up against the wall. We sure are. Absolutely. Now, once I, I, on the show, I interviewed Dr. Garth Nicholson, who is a Nobel Prize winning microbiologist. He actually discovered what Gulf War syndrome really was. And it came from the vaccines that they had given the soldiers. And the soldiers who were over in that part of the world um, that didn't get Gulf War syndrome, they hadn't been vaccinated. When he and his wife, who is also a, a microbiologist, discovered this and revealed this, their funding was immediately stopped. Their labs were closed. Yeah. Now, and keep in mind. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I just wanted to say that the soldiers that came back that had this horrible, horrible illness, um, they were told it was all in their heads. Yeah. Take antidepressants. That's the yeah. kind of medical treatment they got until Garth and his wife got involved. And they also found something else out. Gulf War syndrome was contagious. Now, very few people even know about that. So, But here, here is our two brilliant minds, scientists, who yeah. were able to uncover the truth about this way yeah. back. And you know that it makes a big difference. Hard. I mean, yeah, I mean, you and I both know we could sit down and talk about a whole bunch of doctors who have had, and researchers who have had their funding stripped away and their careers destroyed in the last year and a half. But, oh, definitely. And, and it, yeah. You know, we you know we don't even need to talk about it because it's just what's been going on. But what's happening is the number of people who who are going against what's happening is just increasing all the time. They can't stop it. You know, ultimately, you can't stop the truth. You know, you can suppress it yeah. for a while, but ultimately, you can't stop it. And you can see yes. that, that. So you can see that the, literally, the whole human race 
is in the middle of restructuring. Now, this is mm-hmm. exactly what happens every time we process out of one great age and into the next one. See, mm. in, in, in what happens in source is we see, we see what happened 2,000 years ago when we um, went out of the age of Aries and into the age of Pisces, and now, of course, right. Pisces and Aries. So what's going on right now is, was and is totally predictable. And there is going to be a complete restructuring of reality. But, you know, you've heard that quote. There's somebody did a quote about how you don't want to live in inter- interesting times that, you know, you know, what you don't want to do is be born <coughs> during one of these periods of great change because it's terribly mm-hmm. difficult. And that's why yeah. this processional teaching and the teachers who taught people about how, how to work with cycles and work with time, that's why this teaching is so incredibly important. It is. It is. Now, your contact with the Pleiadians, are they going to be helping people along? Are they going to be involved in the processional teaching oh, they're, in this? They're, or, or? Oh, they're totally. Oh, yeah, they're totally. There's a, there's a whole lot of people who have worked with Pleiadian energy. I was amazed by how the Pleiadian agenda took off it, just because there's so many people who were working with the Pleiadians. And the Pleiadians' deepest task, they have many things they do, but their deepest devotion is to children. And mm. so I really feel like the Pleiadians are protecting the children. There's many children now of very, very high consciousness on the planet. And there's, there's a point at which we've just got to trust. We've got to do our part, each one of us, and then we've got to, we've got to trust. Because at a time like this, it just goes so fast. And it's so revolutionary and so tumultuous that people people just can't can't cope with it, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot for some, especially for some people. Um, and and I think you know, you and I have a an understanding and a a vision of what has happened so far and what's coming. But it's just been so helpful to hear how you put this into this context, Barbara. It's been so helpful for myself and I know for our audience tonight this has just been a great exchange of information and I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and please again tell them the names of the trilogy of this particular trilogy that belongs mm-hmm. to Revelations so they can look for, for all of these books, books. Um, Revelations of the Ruby Crystal which I'm wearing on my finger. It's a stone somebody gave me. <laughs> and then oh, how nice. Revelations, yeah, Revelations of the Aquarian Age, which came out in 2018, and then Revelations from the Source. And quite a few people that I've been talking to, Source is a very advanced book. And quite a few people I've been talking to who know my work and are used to this level of complexity are saying mm-hmm. that they got their copy of Source and they started going through it, and it went, uh-oh, I'm going to put this right down and get Ruby Crystal and start. Because the level of complexity builds on itself. And right. so someone who's a, somebody who's a real master of precession and energy and history and all that could easily enjoy Revelations from the Source and not read the earlier two books. They might prefer that because they don't want to bother with the less complex level. 
But depending upon what level somebody's at, you, I, I think you can make a case for um, giving giving yourself enough time to do all three of these because that's what's going to really bring revelations from the source through. And, and yes. I also can. I'm I'm known for being around two years ahead of myself all the time. That drives publishers crazy because it's, <laughs> I'm just like that. And so revelations from the source may not be comprehensible at at, at the uh, sort of larger, you know, kind of group level for another year yeah. or two. It's possible. It happens with me all the time. Oh, um, so funny. I wouldn't be a bit surprised. So if that happens and somebody goes, God, I really want to understand this, go back to, to the the beginning and really because if you go back to the beginning the first novel is a beautiful love story between a group of characters a couple of love stories who then those characters end up being together all the way through the whole trilogy well you know when you meet a beautiful couple and they're really happy together you want to know their story you want to know do. how they found each other you know you really do exactly exactly novels well, are fun yeah novels are love stories well, this has been, again, Barbara, a wonderful evening, well spent with you, and I am just so happy that you were able to join me tonight on the show. Wishing you the best, and I can't wait to see what you do next, so please keep in touch with me so we can have you back on the show. Well, thank you for your support. I remember my voice is giving out, but I've got to cook dinner. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Oh no! Well, oh, let yeah. me let yeah, you go and this long. that's okay. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, you again. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. thanks for being so flexible, and thanks okay. again for sharing all your insight and wisdom with us this evening. So valuable. Thank you so much. Thanks for your and next support. week. Okay. Oh, my pleasure. We'll be back next week, everybody, with Marjorie and Carl Higdon. Don't miss it. And until then. We'll see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural.